Hello and welcome back to the Indie It podcast. My name is Cameron. Just a few notes off the top here. One, if you're watching this, I just got my hair done today for the first time in like six months and there's quite literally no way I'm ever going to be able to replicate this again. So don't expect this. Don't get used to it. Second of all, Thank you for joining me again or joining me for the first time. I recorded one podcast episode and then dipped out for like three weeks, took a little summer vacation from doing nothing, and now I'm back and I'm feeling better. I'm going to try and be more relaxed, less scripted. I recorded like four of these and I think I say like and um and uh and pretty much everything else that everybody else says so much. But when I try not to do that and go off of a script, it just feels a little robotic. It doesn't feel like conversational. So if you can't get over my filler words, which I will work on, by the way, I'm not just going to like give up here and force everybody to put up with it. But for now, for the sake of getting things going and for the sake of just like having me get a little bit more comfortable doing this, I am going to be doing more of an unedited unscripted, notes only kind of situation. So bear with me. And again, thank you for joining me. I still need to get a cute little like intro song and some graphics and everything to go at the beginning of these, but I am getting like a cute little podcasting nook going. I have my BFF poster of Nigel Mansell. We love him. I don't know what it is. I like to buy vintage like programs from different races and I got this one for my fiance actually for a race that fell on the day he was born so I got that for his birthday and this poster came and fell out of it and ever since then I've just like really loved Nigel Mansell I mean I loved him before obviously but he I really went down the Nigel rabbit hole so yeah got the Nigel poster I actually have a Nigel coaster over on my other desk too so um this is a Nigel Mansell podcast thank you um, but yeah, I've got my little flags. I got my flag up there. I got a super cute little poster for my birthday from my fiance that I'll be hanging up as well. So we're getting some like cute stuff going in here. I'm so excited. Also, apologies if you see these flags waving throughout the whole thing. I live in Arizona and it is constantly the temperature of Satan's asshole here. So fans on at all times. I'm going to be sweating. Also, there's, like, power surges here, or, like, surge price hours, where, of course, it's the hours that I want to record this, where we have to turn our AC off because it's, like, double the price. So, anyways, those are my disclaimers. Thank you for bearing with me through that. Let's get on to what has been going on since the last time we talked. We have quite a few silly season updates, rumors, things to go over. We finally started getting some developments, and oh my god, it's more than I could have ever asked for. And listen, IndyCar is going to provide for us this year. She is going to make up for literally every other series that is dry and crusty and having quite literally the most boring, silly season ever or has the potential to, and I just know that IndyCar is going to pick up the slack. It already is. We're already having legal battles, all of the good stuff that you love to see. So more to come on that. Um, We'll chat through just some other things I liked on Twitter. Honestly, this podcast is probably going to be mostly just me recapping things that I see on Twitter that I want to talk about more. 
Um, I like doing like reviews and previews of races, but like my bread and butter is just motorsports Twitter and like all of the tomfoolery that is constantly happening on there for better or for worse, to be honest. Mental health wise, probably shouldn't be on there as much as I am, but I just feel like there's so many fun things to talk about. And like, I am not a race car driver, clearly, obviously. And there are plenty of really good podcasts by people who are out there driving the cars themselves or have driven the cars themselves or are like actual journalists (laughs) and whatnot. So I think that like that space is pretty well covered. I'm going to come out with an episode of like drivers, media personnel, just personalities in general that you should definitely follow and check out if you want to learn more about IndyCar, which we will be learning here together. Don't get me wrong. Trust me, I do not know everything about the sport, but I just, I really like getting into the nitty gritty, the weird things, willpower's crazy ass quote of the week that we always get, and just kind of more of the the fun side of things. I would call this podcast more of like the things that I see on Twitter that I run to tell my fiance that he's like, I don't care. So I'm going to be sharing it with the world now. I guess. I hope that somebody else out there gives a shit like I do about these things. So today we will talk about, like I said, some silly season updates, speculations there, what's going to be going on a little bit at the upcoming race in St. Louis, uh, some things that happened at the last race, and just some internet bus bros situations we have going on um and just yeah some updates for the end of the season let's just dive right into silly season honestly that's the most important thing right now that is like what's giving all of the entertainment and drama so we might as well just start there i have a little my little silly season graphic pulled up um here to follow so so far this year there just hasn't been a lot of like driver lineups that have been confirmed i think Going into this season, Penske was the only team that had their full driver lineup secured for 2024, and everybody else was kind of up in the air, and that's still true. We have had a few confirmations, but there is just so much speculation, so much up in the air still. We have Elio stepping back from Meyer Shank. He's becoming a partial owner for that organization now, which is really cool to see. He is not retiring, and he really wants everybody to know that. So he's still open to other racing opportunities, it sounds like, and he'll still be doing his drive for five, I think is what he's calling it. Um, Another opportunity at the 500, he will be doing it with Meyer Shank still. So they'll be adding an extra car in for that race, which is really cool. Um, Obviously, he's such a great personality, and everybody likes to see him on the grid. So I'm excited to still see him do his bread and butter. Obviously, one of the only people to win for any 500s. So that would be absolutely bonkers to see him come back and win his fifth after stepping back full time. In his place, we have Tom Blomquist announced officially. Poor guy. I am excited for him to actually get like a true, true opportunity in the car. Obviously, the race that he subbed in for, he, I don't even think he made it a full lap. So not the greatest representation of what he can do in the car, what he can do with the team. I think this is a great choice. I think the move over from his current series to this one makes a lot of sense. And I think everybody kind of was speculating this move, at least to some team. But 
yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think this makes a lot of sense. We also had, I guess this morning, I literally just forgot about this. I am recording this on Wednesday. And this morning we had Marcus Erickson announced at Andretti. He will be departing Chip Ganassi Racing next year. Again, I think people kind of speculated this one a little bit. We knew that there were some disagreements over contracts happening within that organization. And Marcus was kind of public about saying, like, they're not giving me what I want. I'm considering all of my options for next year. Andretti, this, like, shakes up the whole thing. They're shaping up to be, like, a really good team. You've got Kirkwood, Herta, and now Marcus Erickson set to drive there. So there's just that fourth car. It's the Grosjean car. There's really not even, like, a whole lot of speculation of what's what he's doing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think he'll be on the grid next year. That's my prediction. I'm just, I'm not seeing where he, like, fits in without taking a step. I guess he could go over to Ganassi. I really don't know. Like, I just don't see him fitting in well anywhere. I'm not sure this was, like, his lifelong thing to do. Like, Erickson bought a house in Indiana, in Indianapolis, I believe. Like, I think that he's, like, fully in, fully here, like, ready to drive for a while. So, um, I think this move also makes a lot of sense for him. And, yeah, Andretti really shaping up to be, like, a powerhouse of a team. I'm not sure who they're going to put in that fourth car. There, again, have been... I feel like people have been rumored for all of these seats, but it's, like, the same people. Like, there's not, like, specific people tied to specific seats that haven't been announced yet. Like, you have, like, the Rosenquist, the Malukas, like, all of those kind of people that are, like, I will not be returning to my current seat, but I don't know where I'm going I feel like they're rumored for literally every single seat on the grid this year. So, yeah, curious to see who fills the number 29 car. So that takes care of the most recent updates. And then a couple of, like, random smaller updates. Everybody was impressed with Linus Lundqvist. So there's a lot of rumors swirling around about where he's going next year. I think everybody has long thought that he deserved a seat even this year. It just didn't happen. It was one of those situations. He drove a fantastic race in Nashville. It just so happened that he hit marbles at the wrong time and it didn't end the way that I'm sure he or anybody else hoped, but he will be making his oval debut this weekend in St. Louis in place of Simon Pagenaud. Unfortunately, Simon still has not been cleared yet, which is just like so concerning. I think that this is, again, a lot worse than anybody expected. And it's, I don't know, it's making me a little sad. Like, I know that Pagano was kind of rumored even from the start of the year to maybe not be returning to Meyer Shake, but I think to have him like go out this way would be a little disappointing, a little sad if he doesn't get back for the end of the year. I'm just still wishing him all the best. Like that is scary stuff. Head injuries are scary stuff. I'm glad they're taking it seriously. It, it is a scary situation. So you have to acknowledge that when you're talking about your excitement for seeing Linus on an oval for the first time in an Indy car. It's kind of being rumored that maybe he's a potential candidate for that seat. If Pagano doesn't return, he's also being rumored at, again, like the Ganassi, the Android, like he's pretty much being rumored everywhere now after he put in that performance. I don't think there's any doubt that he will be on the grid somewhere next year or that he deserves a seat on the grid somewhere next year. So 
excited to see that. And then Felix Rosenquist did come out and hint that he would not be returning to McLaren next year, which I think is interesting. Um, He has his options open. He's been in talks with other teams, allegedly, according to, again, journalism I see on Twitter. All of my sources are just the people I follow on Twitter. So I will give credit if there's a specific thing that I can remember where I read it. But pretty much all of this is like general reporting. So um, if I get something wrong, it's because I remembered it wrong or I forgot to bookmark it on Twitter to look at the exact source. So my bad. Like I said, we're all learning here. I'm learning how to podcast. I'm learning about IndyCar. I don't know everything. I'm sure I'm going to learn some things throughout this, especially the first, like, year of doing this. My God. Oh, yeah, Rosenquist, interesting. McLaren have Rossi and Pato locked in for next year, but we will get into the syrup with that whole lineup, but it was supposed to be a pretty secure lineup, and Rosenquist was out. But now there is a seat open again and a potential fourth car that is rumored. I don't think it will be happening for next year, but I think everybody is like, I I think the more cars on the grid in IndyCar, the better. That might be a controversial opinion, but just seeing all the interest in driving in IndyCar, like I was reading like rumored drivers and now like Vips and all of these other people from F2. I think people are trying to make that leap a little bit more. I think it's been very successful for like Isla and Marcus Armstrong and just people who have gone through that program. We've seen it all the time. Those are not like the two core examples of it. They're not the first people to make the jump from like an F1 feeder series over to IndyCar. Those are just the two more recent like popular examples, I guess. But it just seems to be working out really well and it seems like there's just more connections being formed with those kind of drivers plus all of the drivers that are having successful runs in Indy Next. I keep wanting to call it Indy Lights. It is not Indy Lights anymore. It's Indy Next. If I call it that, apologies. But yeah, I think that having that as a successful feeder program is giving like super qualified candidates as well for these seats. So I think there's just a general interest in coming to drive for this series, which is so awesome. So if McLaren wants to add a fourth car, I am here for it. Like they can compete with the big dogs. Well, I guess they can try and compete with the big dogs. And I think they're on the track to, they're on the path to do it. So I think that would be cool. And plus it just like shakes things up more. Who doesn't love another rumor to follow for a car? But anyways, back to Rosenquist. Again, not really sure exactly where he falls in all of this, but I, for a while, was thinking maybe he would just stay in McLaren, but I don't really know if there's, like, any love lost between them. Like, I think that maybe he's just ready to go and explore opportunities with another team. So, more power to him. I am curious. Again, I feel like I'm saying the same thing out of all of these, but I'm just so genuinely curious how all of these things are going to shake out by the end of the season. Like, there's a lot of mess going on, which leads us to our favorite messy bitch. Mr. Alex Pillow is back at it again this year. I did not think that we would ever be seeing a situation that might be even more crazy than the one last year, but somehow, here we are, a year later, going back to court for a reverse of the crazy situation 
that we had last year. And first of all, I just want to say thank you to Alex Pillow because he is truly giving us the mess and the drama that everybody has been hoping for. He is giving the F1 world the mess and the drama that they're hoping for. After like the driest, crustiest summer break, it was just dudes on yachts. Like there was truly not a whole lot happening. So thank you to Alex Pillow for giving us what we wanted and so desperately needed. I fully support his mess. I think that we don't know enough about the situation to fully say what is happening. I like to be a Zach Brown hater sometimes too, so I am a little biased in this situation. I'm just going to put that out there up front. I think this is funny. I think the whole situation is hilarious. As a non-participant in it, and I know I'm not the only one, but like last year, to just refresh our memories, a tweet comes out from Chip Ganassi saying, like, yeehaw, Alex Pillow, driver 2023. And then they gave some quote. And then Alex Pillow comes out and says, hey, hoes, they put that out without my permission. I will not be driving for them next year. And they made up this quote that they used in it. And everybody, everybody picked their jaws up on the floor and was like, what the is going on. So he was like, I will be driving with McLaren next year. Yeehaw. That is at the point where Rosenquist was out, blows in. So then they go to court and Ganassi is like, psych bitch, you are contractually obligated to stay here. And then Pillow was like, yeehaw, I am driving for Ganassi next year and I am excited to do so. And everybody was like, that was a lie. That was PR. Moving on. Anyways, so the full expectation was he will fulfill his contractual obligations for Ganassi this year, and then he is set to move on to McLaren. Like, that has just been the expectation the entire time. People joke about it. There's the lovely Bus Bros clip that aged, like, absolute fine wine where they are in Alice Pillow's bus, and somebody makes a comment about finding the McLaren contract. Hilarious. So... There was allegedly a contract signed between Pillow and McLaren, and then surprise, surprise, it comes out that Pillow <laughs> will not be driving for McLaren next year. The, I think the quote that they actually used was, he has no intention to honor his contract with McLaren next year, which leads me to my next point that, like, I feel like lately, too, in... F1 and IndyCar, maybe not so much IndyCar, I don't know. I feel like there's just been so many things where I'm like, is a contract, does it mean anything? Like, does it? Like, it makes me feel less bad about just, like, agreeing to terms and conditions and, like, whatever. Like, I ain't reading all that. And I'm, like, starting to wonder if that's, like, what's happening here on both the team's end and the driver's end because it feels like there's just been a lot of things where it's either, like, you can, like, buy out contracts, which, like, sure, I guess, like, there's always going to be clauses like that, but, like, I, I think there's just less of a chance lately where it's, like, oh, a driver is contracted to drive with this team through 2023 or whatever, that that is actually going to happen. Like, that does not guarantee, a contract does not guarantee that the driver is going to be driving for that team, which seems counterintuitive. I'm confused. You're confused. 
I'm not a lawyer, and that is exactly why. Speaking of lawyers, so that leads us to McLaren filing a freaking another lawsuit against Alex Pillow. Well, this time it's McLaren suing. Last time it was Chip Ganassi. So, sure, like, yada, yada, yada. He's gonna go to court. Like, whatever happens, happens. But, like, so then do they force him to drive for McLaren? Because it sounds like he's a big old nope for that. Does he stay at Ganassi, which would be, like, the craziest thing ever, because all of this was for what? Like, all of this was for what? Does he have an F1 seat? Like, listen, this is a sticky thing. My fiancé and I actually got into, like, an hour-long heated debate about this, and I don't know if I've changed my mind since then or not, but is it worth, like, leaving an opportunity where you're, like, the superstar and the rock star and you've, like, got what you want to be successful to go, like, piddle around in F1 in a team that, I don't, I mean, like, with the way things are shaking out, there's not a whole lot of, like, openings in F1. And plus, there's, like, a lot of other people that are, like, waiting for seats or have links to seats like Lawson I don't know so it's like is he gonna go pedal around at a backmarker team which is like how you work your way up don't get me wrong there's plenty of people that debut with certain teams and get moved up but I don't know with not knowing anything about what's going on right now in that world with him like is he gonna replace like Sergeant at Williams or something like I just don't know if there's a clear path up the ladder for him in the F1 world so it's like, okay, does he go piddle around as a backmarker and know that if he wants to drive for a top team, that's his way to do it? Take that risk. Understand that you're probably not going to be experiencing like a whole lot of success, but it is a stepping stone towards that goal. But then it's like, well, what happens if there isn't a path forward? Like there are plenty of drivers that have great talent in that series, but it, there's just not a whole lot of like paths to top teams. There's not a whole lot of people retiring or getting dropped. I mean, I say that, like, you know what I mean. Like, it's not like, oh, we're getting a grid refresh every couple of years. Like, sure, there are people that are getting ready to probably retire soon or people that are maybe underperform. But, like, for the most part, I just don't see, even with, like, the new opportunities with Audi, like, I think that there's a lot of people linked to those seats already. So anyways, enough about like Formula One. But if that is why he's saying like he's not going to honor this contractual obligation, then it's like, does he have something signed there? Does he have something signed with another team? Is it Andretti? Like where, like what, what could he possibly be doing? I just want to like, I want to know what's the thought process here? Because I think, like, nobody really knows, honestly. I, I mean, he, he has to make his own choices. His management team, which I don't think they're working together anymore anyways, they're all making these decisions. I'm sure it makes sense, and it'll all come together and, like, in some capacity at the end of the year, and we'll be like, cool, whatever. But, like, truly, if he stays with Ganassi, like, again, what was this for? But also, thank you, because I needed the excitement. So, yeah, love you, Alex Plow. Thank you. And keep up the mess. Which leads me into something that I hinted at. My willpower unhinged, mic'd up quote of the week, I guess. I, 
love this man and I just want to spend one day like knowing things the way he knows them because the things that come out of his mouth are truly the craziest but like absolutely makes sense in its own way type of things and I am just obsessed with willpower. So speaking of the Pillow incident situation that we have going on, willpower went on I think it's a radio show and was basically like I think at this point if Alex Pillow signed a contract to drive for his own team if he owned a team and he signed to drive for himself I think that he would dishonor that contract he would be confused and he wouldn't even end up driving for his own self at like at this point so I think that proves that everybody in the paddock is kind of like what the is going on nobody really knows what's going on and I think everybody's kind of sitting back and enjoying it honestly I think if the camera's not on you and your decisions if you're a driver like more power to it I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention I'm gonna talk about it because it is not me and it is not my situation and that is probably best so shout out to willpower for being a crazy bitch I love him let's see what else has happened I wrote down to just highlight this because I think it's, again, just something crazy. Mr. Dixie, Scott Dixon, has, after last race, 200 top five finishes, which I was just, I audibly gasped when I read that because I think a lot of the grid probably doesn't even have 200 starts or finishes to their names. And this man has 200 top five finishes like, his form is just incredible. He has a win. Like, this year, he's had a win for, what, something absolutely astonishing, like, the past 17 years, and then, like, 19 out of his 21 years he's gotten a win in. Like, these stats are just bonkers. I don't know stats like that anywhere else. Like, this, that truly blew me away to think that you have more top five finishes than most people on the grid even have regular finishes. So shout out to Scott Dixon for just continually doing Scott Dixon things and weaseling his way up there. Like shout out to him. I don't know what else to say. I think everybody again jaws to the floor that he ended up <laughs> winning the last race. I I mean, his strategy and fuel safe was just absolutely fucking incredible. So just wanted to throw that one in there because that was a set. Like, it's not very often that you come across these, like, niche stats and it's like, oh, okay, like, this is the 14th race in a row that yada yada has done this many laps on this tire and ran this strategy. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But, like, this, this is one of those few times that a stat comes in and really blows you away. So it just speaks to the caliber of racing that you get from some of these people and that like even the old dogs know how to play I'm sorry they're still out here like just winning races absolute domination so shout out to Scott Dixon love to see it before we get into some more internet mess some actual news that also came out is that Penske and Foyt are forming a technical partnership. So they will be sharing information across those two teams, which, listen, 
I'm feeling some type of way about this and I have no problem saying this because quite literally I think every single person on the grid has probably publicly come out and said this at one time. I would hate for this to benefit Ferrucci. I'm just gonna say it. I'm all for it. I'm all for getting them back up there. I love it. Like, let's share, let's share the facts. Let's share the information between both teams too. But like, the one thing that I could not live with is if this put Ferrucci anywhere, when he was sniffing towards the front in the 500, I was having an aneurysm, okay? And I know, like, it takes energy to, like, dislike somebody, but like, like I said, it is not just me. It's pretty much the rest of the world, I would say. Like, so I have no shame in saying this, but that's my only, that's my only qualm with this alliance is that I hope it doesn't end up benefiting the wrong people. I think it would be cool if it turned into a little bit of like a feeder team, a little junior team for Penske for drivers to have those opportunities work their way up. Um, that would be really awesome. I love that kind of stuff. I love those kind of setups. I think like we were talking with F1 earlier, I like when drivers come in and have kind of that like path upwards where it's like, oh, they're putting George Russell in the Williams because they're going to pull him into the Mercedes someday. Like just a little like warming ground for people. Cause I think that like people like, I don't know, there's always going to be paid drivers and paid seats, but I think that you get a little bit more quality racing when the interest is like warming people up for bigger seats or bigger opportunities than when it's just like mm, well we're a backmarker team and we're gonna take whoever can come race for us and keep funding the operation which again not saying like that's like what's happening or has happened in the past or whatever but I don't know I'm just I'm a little pressed about this one but I think it is a great opportunity for the team to work their way back up there and I hope it works out for them and I am excited to see them just the more cars we can have competitive, obviously the better. Everybody wins. Everybody benefits from it. You get more random winners. You get closer championship battles. Like, I want cars at the front fighting. So please, like, bring it on. But bring it on to the right people is all I'm saying. Like, let's let's be careful with what we're doing here. One more thing that I would like to talk about and speak my truth about is the controversy surrounding Lil Dave, David Malukas, and the Bus Bros that came after the Bus Bros video. Bus Bros returned from a hiatus in Nashville to do some on-the-street journalism, which we love to see. I will be actually stealing this bit from my bachelorette party. I'm doing a racing-themed bachelorette party, and pretty much no bitch there knows anything about racing, so I will be using that as content opportunities to have them do the exact same thing that the bus roads did. Anyways, they were out on the streets of Nashville showing some random passerbyers some photos of IndyCar drivers, asking them their ratings, what do they think, and there was a photo of David Malukas in front of the Chicago River, dripped out, Louis V sunglasses on, and honestly, everybody who lives in Chicago or has lived in Chicago has this photo. Unfortunately, all of mine are when I am shwasted on St. Patty's Day, so, like, I am really giving big props to David Malukas for this photo because some of us don't look like that in ours, and I honestly did not think it was that 
bad. So good for him for even like taking a quality photo that wasn't on the biggest drinking day in the city each year. That being said, basically, Mr. Joseph Newgarden, he may have prompted these people to identify David Malukas as a little bit of an F-boy, a little bit of a boy. And then it seemed like everybody that he showed the picture to kind of had that same sentiment. Well, this got back to Mr. David Malukas, and we got, like, probably the second best Indy Car tweet of all year. I will be doing a nice, like, wrap-up of my superlatives that I decide to come up with, and best tweet will for sure be on there, and I hope that everybody can, like, guess what the best tweet of the year was, because it wasn't this one, but this will be going on as a close second. So, David Malukas responds. Let me pull up the exact wording. We have to be precise here. The things I have bookmarked on my Twitter account are truly astonishing. Maybe I'll do, like, a podcast or video of, like, things I've bookmarked on Twitter, because why do I just have this photo of K.K. Slider, but it's, like, K.K. Rosberg? Anyways, thank you, Colin Chapman, Skyline GP, for providing us with that piece of content. Anyways, right below it, we have the David Malukas tweet. He says, no way the man that was shirtless, thirst trapping on 100 Days to Indy is calling me an F-boy skull emoji. Holy shit. He's got a point. He's got a point. Literally, like, five minutes before this, New Garden was actually just, like, taking his shirt off, like, on Broadway in Nashville, too. So, like, you know what? Fair play. little Dave, fair play. He did not come to play. He took no prisoners, and he is apparently not to be with. I don't think there's actually any, like, hard feelings between these people. I think it was all good fun, and I hope that this starts, like, can we get, like, indie rivals? Like, I, I just want there to be, like, a cute little, like, thing going on. Like, again, I just am here for the drama. I'm here for the weird shit. I'm here for the racing, too. I don't want this to be one of those things, too, where they're like, oh, this bitch doesn't know anything about racing. All she cares about is the drama and the drivers. And, like, if that's what you like racing for, then fucking go for it. And I support that. But I also know things about the racing and the drivers, and I I like all of it. So stop being misogynistic. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, we ran amok there. But I thought that was very funny. And again, I feel like you don't get this kind of, like, content with any other racing series. I love the drivers in this series. Like, it truly makes it hard to hate anybody besides Santino. Um, it, they, they're hard to hate. They're just so fun. They're fun on Twitter. They're fun. You get video series, people doing dumb shit. Like, you just get it all. So, I love the Bus Bros. I love David Lucas. And I hope they're not actually beefing because I would actually, like, I would be sad. We should all just be friends. Also, I, I'm not from Chicago, but I did live there for, like, a good portion of my life. And I miss it a lot. So I'm really, like, rooting for little Dave in this upcoming race. He, I think, yeah, third here. Yeah, this is his podium last year. He wasn't 21 yet, so they gave him, like, some ass, like, sparkling grape juice or something. Like, boo, boring. Like, give him champagne. Like, I don't know. That is so boring. But 
Mr. Joseph Newgarden. Again, this is why I hope they're not beefing because like what a genuinely good moment. He gave him his champagne and took the grape juice so he had the opportunity to spray champagne for his first podium, which absolute class move. Like this that is like older brother behavior, I feel like. So I hope that cousin Dave bus cousin is still with the fam because yeah I would be sad if he wasn't and that was probably one of my favorite moments of last year and I'm rooting for it again this year hell get him second get him first let's have a little Dave podium he said he's gonna change his name to big Dave when he gets his first win I'm hoping that's sooner rather than later I think he gives big Dave energy already I think that he's selling himself short as little Dave like he is right up there with the girls. Like, he has been so impressive, I think, personally. And maybe, again, that is because I am truly missing Chicago more than anything in my life. And that's why I'm defending his river pick. And that's why I'm defending his photo dump with his girlfriend by the bean that, again, Will Power made the most unhinged comment about if you're serious about racing, don't post stuff like this is kind of what he said there. Um, also, like, five hours prior was just posted up on his Instagram stories in an Elmo hat. So I cannot truly believe that he commented that after posting something crazy himself. But again, I expect nothing less. And thank you, Willpower. Stay in more people's Instagram comments. Would love to hear his thoughts on just everything. Anyways, back to me defending David Malukas. Yeah, um, maybe I'm just like extra supportive of him right now because I am missing the homeland so yeah go little dave that's my i'm gonna pick him for the race i'm gonna say that he's gonna shut down new gardens oval streak and he's gonna take his first win that will quite literally never happen i'm sure joseph will just like curb stomp everybody as he has seemingly done lately on an oval but a girl can dream right i feel like we've we've journeyed a lot of places. I am sorry for like the rambling and the random side tangents. That's just what it's going to be. Also, this is the speed I talk at. So I hope that I'm not talking too fast. I think I do a really like weird cadence of thinking and saying a word for like 10 seconds and then truly just word vomiting every other thought that comes to my mind. I'm aware. I'm, if nothing, I am self-aware. So we'll be working on it. Again, we're all learning here. We're learning IndyCar together. We're learning how to podcast. I mean, that's just me, but we can do it together. If you have watched a million IndyCar races, I hope you still listen to this and find it entertaining and valuable because we will be getting into the stress, the mess, all of the business, all the fun stuff, the memes, the tomfoolery, We'll be getting into it. But also, I hope that if you're new here, this will kind of help you figure out the world of IndyCar. What's going on? Um, who the people are. That's, like, the hardest thing. There's so many bitches. There's so many people that, like, sub in for one race or do ovals only or, like, rookies and not rookies and this and that. And, like, we will get into it all. I think that over the break, which, like, Sorry, forgot to talk about this. Sad days. There's only three races left and they're all in a row. So, like, soak it in while you can, kids. Because in, like, three weeks, we ain't getting this shit until March again. And I swear to God, if they do another, like, March and then sit and twiddle your thumbs for a month and wait for the second race situation, I will riot. 
that was violent. I'm sorry. But anyways, I'm just really going to miss IndyCar. So I hope we can all enjoy these last three races together. And then after that, I am going to just be doing some like historic deep dives, some Wikipedia deep dives, random stuff like that. I went to Iowa. So I'm going to be talking about that. I am going to like a just a lot of other series races. So I think it would be fun to compare experiences this year of going to an IndyCar race versus going to other series, like what you get at each race. So a lot of fun stuff to come. I'm excited to record these. I'm getting a little more comfortable here and I am so excited to have everybody join me. I mean, wow, like this was so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope this audio doesn't suck shit and bye. I am inserting this clip like four seconds after I said my goodbye and we're gonna pretend that I was just talking about this the whole time but literally as I log off more information comes out. A lovely Indie Star article by the Nathan Brown. Here is one of my plugs. If you don't follow him, follow him. Great updates. Anyways, Nathan Brown comes out with an article that says uh, McLaren to claim 20 to 30 million dollars in damages versus Alex Pillow. We got eight figure lawsuit on our hand. That's a lot of money. 20 to 30 million in damages in UK lawsuits. They are throwing the whole book at him. I'm not surprised. I am not surprised that McLaren is, like, very litigious. Litigious AF, I'm assuming. Also, Polo is, like, basically going to clinch the title. So that is, like, the craziest thing to just have such a dominant season. Probably cl clinch the title before the season ends for the first time in, like, 20 years. I hope not, but it could happen. And you're in the middle of an eight-figure lawsuit between your current team and your next team that was supposed to be your current team, but you also had a lawsuit for, so now you're stuck with your current team and nobody really knows what's happening. Wow. Also, this leads me to my question. I don't know if I... I think my fiancé might be crazy, but I know Pato is testing in Mexico for F1 for McLaren, and he thought that Polo was also announced to have a test again. I think both of them tested there last year or two or at some point for McLaren as part of the, like, FP1 young driver situation. So, like, if Polo was announced for that, is he still do I'm assuming he will absolutely not be doing it, but, like, what a crazy thing. Is he still, like, the reserve driver for McLaren F1 right now, even though they're, like, suing him? Like, if one of them went out, that surely they wouldn't put him in the car at this point. But, like, is that who's contractually obligated to do it? I don't know. I'm loving this. So, hopefully we've got some even better updates for next week. But I just had to hop back on and, like, talk about that for a second because... That's some cash money right there. Good God.